Hello and welcome to Muppet Sational, the Muppet Show podcast, hosted by three huge Muppet fans. Join us each week as we dive into an episode of Jim Henson's classic variety show, now finally available on Disney+. This week, it's Series 1, Episode 1, starring the iconic Rita Moreno. It's time to get things started on the chronological, explorational, conversational, Muppetsational! Yay! Woo! Yay! <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome to our first ever episode of Muppetsational, the Muppet Show podcast. I am Lewis Chandler. I am Jade Turner. I'm Emma Chandler. And as our beautiful introduction has already made very clear, but we're just going to repeat it again, we are doing a podcast about The Muppet Show. I think it might be worth us each maybe just quickly saying how we became big Muppet fans, just to give people a little insight into how we sort of came across these beautiful felt creations. Jade, would you like to start? Yeah, I don't know how I first got into them exactly. I I mean, I know I was very, very young because I feel like they've been there throughout my entire childhood and into my adult life. And I remember always loving them. I I do something that does stand out to me from relatively early on, although after I'd already definitely got into the Muppets, was I remember getting up super early to watch the Muppet Babies on, I believe they were on Boomerang in the UK, uh, which I don't even... Well, some of us didn't have that channel, Jay, so (laughs) bully for you. Just to to make clear to everyone why my family had satellite, we lived near the docks and we literally couldn't get terrestrial (laughs) television. It literally didn't work on our TV. It still doesn't work on my parents' TV. So we actually had to have satellite. It was the only way we'd have TV. If we hadn't have had Sky, I would not have any pop culture knowledge at all whatsoever I would have just you know not had a tv it would have been like Amish times so uh, (laughs) (laughs) okay well fine well I'm so happy that despite you having to live next to massive cranes and container ships crashing at all hours of the night at least you managed to get sky so that's great for you Uh, Lewis isn't bitter at all (laughs) I'm incredibly bitter (laughs) Emma How did you get into the Muppets? Well, I would say it probably started in childhood and probably the same for both of us, Lou. I think it might have been our Auntie Becky that got us into the Muppets. Would you agree with me? I would absolutely say so. Just for for clarity for our listeners, uh, Emma and I are related. I am Emma's much younger brother. He's not that much younger. (laughs) Several years. It's not several (laughs) years. It's about three. (laughs) It's not about three, Emma. It is three. (laughs) I am three years younger than you. But yeah, it was our Auntie Bex that got us into the Muppets. Again, kind of similar to you, Jade. They feel like they've always been a presence in our lives. I think maybe like a lot of people, our first exposure was probably Muppets Christmas Carol and Muppet Treasure Island, our sort of like 90s kid generation. I mean, Emma was born in the 80s, but I was born in the 90s. (laughs) I like to remind people it was 89. Only 89. (laughs) still counts (laughs) still counts um and then from there i just yeah just sort of going back and watching the old muppet movies but weirdly bringing us back onto topic the actual muppet show is a sort of blank in my sort of collective knowledge of the muppets in that i just never really saw it yeah well i mean i don't think it was ever on it certainly wasn't on television when we were growing Mm. up presumably it was on VHS at some point and then on DVD. So I guess unless you'd purchased either a compilation or 
some sort of box set or whatever like I mean it certainly wasn't it was something I knew about and I'd seen clips from definitely as things have migrated more online I think I've seen more from the show but as Mm. you say it's it's a huge blank spot for me in terms of actually having sat down to watch all of it which was why I was so excited when Disney said that they were putting it on Disney plus and then also was like we need to do a podcast about this this is you know this is too good an opportunity not to do a proper deep dive into it Absolutely. I mean, yeah, we must say it was Jade's uh, initial idea to uh, create this wonderful bringing together of the three. I mean, Emma of us and I were already, you know, together because we're related and uh, Jade and Emma have been friends for many, many years. And I have also been there. (laughs) (laughs) But um, well, with that, I think it might be time for us to actually jump in to this first episode. Well, or is it? So originally broadcast on the 12th of September, 1976, this was the second episode shown in the original broadcast run, but the production code lists it as the sixth episode made, but in subsequent re-releases and syndication, it has now become the premiere episode. I guess that is the uh, sort of benefit of a variety show where you have no running plot and just characters. You can order these episodes any which way you like. Yeah, and I think that was very much how it was sold to, you know, when it was sold in syndication, it was sold as you can show these however you want to show them. And I suppose it's not really surprising that, especially in America, that a lot of the networks decided to go with a very well-known star as the lead of their of their premiere episode of The Muppet Show. And Emma, please tell us, who is the lead of this episode? It's Rita Moreno. And I've got... Yay! Yay, I got her name right. <laughs> <laughs> Before we came on, we came, we came on mic, Emma was panicking about, is it Moreno? Morano? Rita? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do have quite a fun fact. At this point in her career... Rita had won an Oscar, a Grammy, and a Tony. And because of this episode, she won an Emmy for her performance in 1977. So she got EGOT status because of the Muppet Show, everybody. I mean, come on. That's amazing. Oh my God, I didn't know that at all. I knew she wasn't EGOT, but I didn't realise it was the Muppets that were the missing piece that gave her the Emmy. (gasps) Oh, that's amazing. She won the Oscar, obviously, for West Side Story, which is... Fabulous. She's meant to be in the uh, the Steven Spielberg remake, which is coming out, well, now this Christmas. It was meant to be out last Christmas. But she is a prolific singer and dancer and actress. She's iconic. She's been working for 70 years. And I can't believe the Muppets got her an EGOT. <laughs> that, is, that is incredible. I hadn't realised that this was her. This was her EGOT appearance. How very exciting. It is incredible. I mean, and I'm not going to lie, just jumping straight in. What a great episode this is. I don't know quite what I was expecting going into the show itself. I knew it was a variety show, which is something that we don't really have anymore, apart from maybe at best sort of like Saturday Night Live. But it just was so much fun. I mean, also, it's 26 minutes, so that's a dream. Like, <laughs> nothing really outstays its welcome. It's just a joy to watch. It really is. You know, I think to me, it's just high quality family entertainment. You know, it was designed to be shown on a Sunday night for everyone to tune in. And you you can just see that in spades. And I think it's like you said, it's really interesting because I don't think we have shows like this now. But also, I don't think I don't think we really make shows with that are designed for this kind of audience anymore. You know, you've got all the things Mm. like 
Strictly Come Dancing or Dancing with the Stars or the kind of reality things like The Voice or whatever. But at this level where you've actually got that mix of kind of like lovable, funny characters, lots of skits, lots of jokes, Mm. great music, fun songs and dance, like... I don't know. I guess it's just sort of morphed over time, hasn't it? But no one's doing like this specific mix of of a variety show anymore, I don't think. Yeah, it's... Oh, God. Yeah, no, I was just going to say it sort of launched Kermit and Co into the stratosphere, really. And like you were saying, Jade, it's kind of like reminds me of like variety shows, kind of vaudeville music hall with its original songs, Mm. sketches and, and guest stars. And it's just kind of... It captures like a moment in time. And like you say, we don't really have that now anymore with what TV programs are being produced and made. And it's quite nice to watch it back. And it's nostalgic and comfortable and sweet. And like you say, really nice family entertainment. But also, I would say, somewhat anarchic Oh, completely anarchic. And maybe... Yeah, completely. And almost more anarchic than maybe the Muppets are in their current incarnation, I'd say. There's a slight like 1970s shaggy madness to it all um i mean even if you think about absolutely yeah so like i mean that first sketch the first proper sketch after the introductions which uh for i'm gonna put on by <laughs> kiki <laughs> my kiki rita morena beret <laughs> which i uh got at christmas and i'm really annoyed because i thought oh my god i'm gonna be so cool because i have a beret and now on Drag Race UK, literally every single <laughs> contestant on Drag Race UK is wearing a beret. And now I feel like I'm going to be so tired. But I've popped it on. Is it a tango number? Yeah, it's a tango. Even though it's in a French bistro? They, they call it, it's listed as a French tango, which I don't think is a thing, but uh, we'll take it. I was going to say, I don't think French tango is actual thing. <laughs> Rita Moreno can make whatever she the wants. The Muppets can make whatever they want. It's fine. And Rita Moreno. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, like you say, Lou, it's got a very 1970s vibe, that first opening number. Yeah. And the kind of half Muppet puppet (gasps) slash man vibe going on is quite strange. I have got a, yeah, the first thing that came to mind when I saw that human Muppet man was, I don't like human Muppet men. I don't mind like big Muppets, like, you know, Sweetums, the big Muppet, or like a big bird. I don't mind a big tall Muppet, but when it is the exact dimensions of a human being, but with a big felt head on, (laughs) it immediately sort of falls into that kind of uncanny valley area of like, oh, I'm not sure what's going on here. The most hilarious part I must share, I watched the first episode with my boyfriend, Peter, and Peter has never seen the Muppet show either, and we were watching this first sketch. (laughs) And Peter did not realise for most of the sketch that they were swapping between a human what? man and a Muppet How did he not realise that? <laughs> and <laughs> a, just a, a dummy Muppet. He thought he was on strings. What? Oh my God. What? One of the things that I really loved about it was that it was switching between the two. But also when it did switch to the, the completely felt dummy Muppet, that they really, really played up and went OTT with what she was doing. You know, when she was whipping it round and then... Well, quite. <laughs> yeah. That's why I... So when he said, how are they doing that? I was like, what do you mean? He was like, is he on wires? I was like, what? 
<laughs> no, they keep cutting between. It's like, oh, well, it, I was very impressed. So if anything, I think watching this show with Peter will be a perfect model of what maybe like a naive 1970s audience. Might have <laughs> but I think even they would have had more sense to realise that it was two different puppets. I did. I mean, I my first thought and one of the things I noted down on watching it to start with was that the editing was so seamless that I thought mm. it was so clever how they were switching between the two. You obviously, well, okay. I feel like most people would obviously recognise that they were switching between the two, but... <laughs> he did eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but it was done in a way that it still made you go, ooh, that's like, they did it really well. There was no it's kind of... really well done. Yeah, and and, and as I said, the, the, the humour that came out of her absolutely going mental when she was whipping yeah. it round was hysterical. And also just made me made me feel like with miss piggy in the corner there uh watching i was like i feel like miss piggy is picking up some tips for later on of (laughs) of how to you know how to karate chop her way across various muppets and human performers because (laughs) yeah rita morano did not she did not hold back at all and she did it all while doing a sultry tango which made it even more fun she is a consummate professional she hit every beat of the dance and every comedy beat as well she's a triple threat an actor (laughs) a singer and a murderer (laughs) to quote muppets most wanted but again already immediately getting that zany anarchic chaotic muppet humor in there too you know like playing on rita's strengths as a performer and then also Mm. really smashing all of the comedy notes uh yeah yeah Really, really good fun. And then it goes straight into the first uh, sketch of Veterinarian's Hospital. Okay, Emma, Emma, I love that Emma is just so prayer much. Hands hands up in the air. I mean, Doctor Bob, amazing. Number one, number two, it's clearly a mick take of like General Hospital yeah, and all those co- of cheesy American hospital dramas. And number three, I love the voiceover and then the fact that they're all like, where is this voice coming from? (laughs) And then also when um, he does the joke with Janice and he throws the stick and then he says, that's my laboratory retriever. We love a pun. (laughs) I mean, come on. Who doesn't love a pun? There were so many puns. When they kept doing the turning out to the camera of like a, "Uh, uh, uh," and then they go back into it. The, I mean, obviously it's very early on, but both Janice and Piggy sounded very strange. Yeah, Piggy was um, Richard Hunt rather than Frank Oz, which she is ah. for some of the earlier... Even in this episode, she switches between the two. Yes. So to start with, she's Richard Hunt. And then when you get to the the later panel show skit, she's Frank yes. Oz, which is why she sounds more like the Miss Piggy we all know and love. But yeah, Janice was bizarre. I was, you know, I mean, I guess in she a way... Almost, she almost sounded British. At <laughs> <one point. laughs> She's like when Madonna moved to England, she just picked up this weird inflection. <laughs> I suppose because she was sort of playing a character, had she been the, the valley girl Janice that we are all used to, like maybe, I mean, I don't know, I guess that could have been funny too, but I suppose it still kind of worked in the sketch, but it's so funny hearing Janice not sound like Janice. She's obviously got such a distinctive voice and yeah. intonation and everything. Like it was I like was the bizarre. idea. I like the idea that it, Janice was committing to the part. Yes, and she, she chose an accent for this character in <laughs> Veterinarian's Hospital for uh, 
although also named Janice, but she is assisting Dr. Bob and she's playing somebody else. She's <laughs> I found this hilarious. I loved it. And all the all the puns, like when Dr. Bob asks for the ear thing and then gives themselves a good scratch and is like, feels good. And then also with the stick <laughs> and uh, <laughs> says he's playing fetch. Like, yeah, it was just the Muppets doing what we love the Muppets doing, which is really playing with like the meta elements with the voiceover and everything. But yeah. then also <sighs> I'm quite often not a massive fan of puns, but I do think the Muppets do them really, really well. And like, this is a great example of how well they can do them, I think. And good Lord, do they do them. I mean, I know uh, in between this, they have uh, the Swedish chef, which we will come back to. But then we go to the ballroom sketch, which was... Now that to me was... Yeah. For everything the veterinarian's hospital was amazing. This was maybe the only sketch where I sort of felt it outstayed its welcome a little bit. It was so like... It felt so bizarre and again like 1960s 1970s variety show but only in the way that i've seen it made fun of on stuff like 30 rock or the simpsons when they make fun of a variety show like i was expecting them to like pop out of the door being like suck it to me do you know what i mean just like it was that the absurdity curve went a bit too far for me i just think i don't know about you two yeah it just wasn't funny like, I think, like, you know, everything we've been saying about the puns in Veterinarian's Hospital, like, they were genuinely funny. And it was playing with the expectations and playing with the humour of, like, what you would expect to find in a hospital and then turning it into something to do with animals or dogs or whatever. Whereas mm. the Dancing Muppets, like, I don't know, it's just not... <sighs> I, yeah, I I just kind of got frustrated that, it, like you said, it was still going on. And also yeah. that you just, like what what is this and it was also just even again i don't even think it was particularly well executed you know like the the shark Mm. fin looked so flimsy and crap which i guess kind of was the point but also like with the muppets you're used to a certain level of craftsmanship in these things and that that fin was not well crafted (laughs) like it, look, no. it was like flapping around at one point. I was like, this, like. <laughs> it should have been. They, we might as well have been on the uh, Universal Studios Jaws ride. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I felt like it was a bit of a filler more than anything else, to be completely honest. It wasn't particularly executed very well. Yeah. No, not but yeah, all. you're right, Jade. Even the sort of camera angle to almost allow the shark fin in was sort of tilted up weirdly. I was like, almost a, a third to two thirds of this screen is just empty space and then we've just got like ambient muppets just sort of flapping around but i mean one or two landed but yeah it definitely it it was the one sketch to me felt a bit plodding it was maybe yeah just a little bit of uh, filler material um to jump back though the first appearance of the iconic swedish chef (laughs) cooking pancakes and uh just no flapjacks Oh, were they flapjacks? Oh, flapperjacker! So flapperjacker! <laughs> <laughs> He's cooking oh, flapjacks. Oh, I thought it was flip. I thought it was flip to flop, yeah, no, he, and I thought it was he pancakes. Flip to flop the flip, flapperjacker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lewis, have you have you got the episode lined up? Maybe we should rewatch the Swedish Chef sketch. Seeing yes, as... hang on, let me uh, get it on. One second. I wonder what the Swedish Chef has up his sleeve. A summons from the Board of Health, I wager. (laughs) 
So it was Flappin' Jackin. Flapper Jacker. <laughs> For whatever. All right. <laughs> Say. Emma can't say Rita Moreno. I'm allowed to say Flapper Jacker. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's a Swedish chef. We we don't always know what he's oh, actually I saying. That's, that's the whole fun of that's it. Very <laughs> offensive to the Swedish chef. Very offensive. He's talking his best English there, don't you know? Flapper Jacker. Well, I mean, if we're going to talk about best English, should we talk about the slightly casual racism of the panel show discussion? Yeah, I think this this comes into the discussion we had when The Muppet Show first went up on Disney Plus before any episodes were up. And I said to you both that I noticed they'd put a disclaimer on it to say that there were racist stereotypes <laughs> in it. And, well, to be fair, it said just stereotypes. And we were like, are they going to be racist or homophobic? Or what are we dealing with here? I was terrified there was going to be some very Muppet minstrels. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was just waiting for them to come out and start singing Swanee River. The, the show is young, Lewis. That's all I'm saying on that. I mean, I'm not a... I, uh, I know, we're one episode in and we're just glad that we haven't got Fozzie singing Old Man River. Oh, God. And Kermit doing an Uncle Tom. Like... They start singing Zippity. Actually, I think they do do that. (laughs) I think that might be coming. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, I'm bracing myself for that. Yeah, I think the the Tiffany Gonzalez uh, conversation panel show was, uh, I suppose it was pretty, pretty near the line, if not fully over it in terms of, you know, clinging to those stereotypes. Yeah, I mean, obviously it involves Rita Moreno who is a very prominent and proud Puerto Rican actress. And so she must have, I assume, been okay to do it. But then at the same time, what is the larger culture that means that she has to be okay with doing a sketch where the joke is she's got a funny accent and uh, Miss Piggy can't understand her. Although she does get to give as good as she gets, I guess, is something that's at least, it's not the whole, the whole sketch is not just... Well, a lot of the sketch people saying, what is she saying? But she does also get to like hit Miss Piggy and like fight back a bit. So that kind of makes, well, as an audience member, it makes me feel a bit more comfortable. And I hope it made Rita feel more comfortable, (laughs) I guess. Yeah, I mean, I still enjoyed the sketch and, you know, Rita looked fantastic. (laughs) And Miss Piggy had her correct voice. She had Frank Oz. Yeah, and I think also you started to see more of Piggy as Piggy in terms of like being sassy to Kermit, being generally feisty, you know, kind of standing her ground, being the butt of jokes with I do not know how many ham, hock, sausage, various (laughs) pig-related puns there were in there, but (laughs) there was an awful lot. But it did, you know, she felt she felt pretty much like Piggy, I think, for yeah. for the kind of the majority of that sketch. Question, question for the podcast. Emma, do you think po- uh, conversation is a dying art? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, I do think in a sense of 
people being able to have a conversation face to face because most of the time people are like either looking at their phones or plugged into their phones and then when you actually have a human conversation people don't really have a lot to say to each other so yeah I would say it probably is a bit of a dying art but that's just because there's various bits of technology that have overtaken the need to talk to other people. But aren't we talking to each other on those technologies, Emma? Is that not still conversation? Conversation's just, you know, moved with the times. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) True. I I don't know. It's a bit, I feel like it's a little bit uh, (laughs) of a deep subject to go in whilst we're trying to talk about, you know, the Muppet show right now. I just wanted to try it much like Kermit. I was trying to bring some much needed highbrow to this <laughs> to this conversation. Well, he definitely let, he finished on a highbrow note because he said that next week their conversation was going to be about US and Latin American relations, which I thought was hysterical <laughs> and absolutely cracked me up. I was like, oh my God. I was going to say timely as yeah. it is topical. Oh my God. And luckily we're in 2021 now where everything's fine. Fine and dandy. Oh Oh my goodness. I did want to just make a quick mention of uh, the two sketches, well, one of the sketches that came before it, the the trio of like banjo singers. I think it was, the song was called Tomorrow. It was fun. It was very 1970s. Um, Did you notice that the main singer Muppet looked like Jim Henson? Well, they were all, they were, they were Jim, Jerry and Frank. They were all, they was, yeah. So it was, so it was Jim Henson, Jerry Jewell and Frank Oz, the three, the three Muppets. And well, I, yeah, I loved them. I recognised Jim. Yeah, I thought they were so cool. I, I felt like, like the hair and the fur on them was absolutely amazing. I was kind of mesmerised when they were bobbing around, strumming and playing and the way that everything was moving, I thought was just amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. The um, That's what they call the UK spot. So that never went out in America, but because we had less adverts over here, they filmed a little thing that went in, in the UK um broadcasts of the episodes each week so that was that was a uk exclusive now i guess kind of officially part of what everyone's seeing around the world on disney plus but yeah that's exciting little special treat for the uk audiences there exclusive content yeah exactly (laughs) you'd have to pay for that now (laughs) we're probably going to move on to my favorite part of the show the um talk spot with um rita and kermit i just loved it i loved their interaction i love the gags i love the cue cards i love like sweetums coming in and like then carrying rita away (laughs) i just thought it worked really really well and she played it so well her like interaction they were timed to perfection and it just i just felt it was the best i really like i really found that really funny to watch rita is so up for it i mean absolutely the whole way through like the the initial opening when animal bites her shoulder like i loved (laughs) that because she was so she was kind of playing at being the host and being all professional. But then she was also having this amazing reaction to Animal. Like, get away, get off. Yeah. And then she gave this really great look to camera of like, oh, like why I ought to kind of thing. <laughs> and then it was the same with this with Kermit. That like, yeah. you know, when she was tickling him and when they were just interacting, like it felt really, I don't know. Yeah, she just felt so into it and it felt so cute and natural. Yeah. And, but at the same time, then like Lewis was saying earlier, like they hit all the all the comedy notes. Those times when celebrities, actors, actresses, whatever, interact with Muppets and it really works yeah. is when they obviously commit entirely to it, you know, and she, it's she totally just did. my 
dream to interact with a Muppet and get to do a bit. And this, like, so encompasses that. Also, when Rita tickled Kermit, I always forget that Kermit has a little bit of a, what they call in Drag Race, a hog body, where he's got a little bit of a belly on him. And he's got, like, he goes just, like, wider in the middle. And he's so cute and round. And I just want to give him a hug. (laughs) (laughs) He's not singed. (laughs) I thought they did a really good job with um with when he was being tickled. Like his arm went mental <gasps> and like it, it was, was just so good. very, very, very good puppeteering, I thought. How do they operate Sweetums? How is cause is there only one person in there? Because his mouth and arm move, but then so do his eyes. I don't know. Yeah, his eyes go as well. I don't know, maybe there's like multiple I would imagine the maybe the eyes are on like a what's the word? Like a, a you know, string. like a pulley <laughs> lever thing. I, can you tell that we don't really know what we're talking about when it comes to puppeteering? Um his eyes must be on some sort of pulley mechanism, yeah. mustn't they? But then and, how yeah, is some the sort of going and then it's also a hand. Like I just <laughs> It, like I, I, Sweetums is great, but I just when I was watching, I was like, "How do they do that?" Like, I just don't know. Well, I mean, that is the magic of the Muppets. <laughs> it's it is ever it is the magic of the Muppets. <laughs> it is definitely a how do they yeah. do that? It is how do they do that? I want to give a very quick shout out to the very brief appearance of Wayne and Wanda, which is a pair of Muppets that just fully do not exist anymore. Uh, <laughs> like in the sort of, Yeah, I think well, they do. No, they like pop up very, uh, as in like, they pop up for like maybe two seconds, I feel like, in the 2011 Muppet movie, and then maybe a bit in Muppets Most Wanted. But do you know what I mean? Like the, the fact that they, I believe, to be a sort of running performance number on The Muppet Show, as far as I'm aware. Like the fact that, I mean, they only appear for six seconds, but I was like, oh, who are these people? And then I remembered like, oh, I think these used to exist. But can we just jump straight to what I think is my highlight of the episode, which is Rita Moreno singing Fever with Animal on the Drums. I have a theory <laughs> that... Rita Moreno and Animal have sexual chemistry in this episode. <laughs> it is there right from the opening. JG already mentioned it. He nibbles on her neck and she gives a playful like, why I order. And then during this, there's sort of, will they, won't they, like sexual energy between them. It's just, I felt it was like palatable. It was like moonlighting. It was like, it was Mulder and Scully. It was just like, just I was willing them to get together. This sort of like, ang- and then when they come back on at the end, after the song for the goodbyes, I briefly thought the animal was actually shirtless. But it was just his shirt was open. I was like, that is almost canon <laughs> that they both walk back on as if they've just been to Rita's dressing room and come back and like animals just casually shirtless. Fever was incredible. It was. Yeah, Fever's amazing. Emma, go on. What, what no, I was say? just going to say, again, Rita was so good. Every interaction they had, it was time to mm. perfection. The bits where Animal was doing his bit and then she was doing her bit, like playing back and forth with each other was so good and she just reacted so well even right down to like where the camera was where she had her arm up singing a bit and you could still see animal through the gap in her arm like that's how like well choreographed it all was i thought the staging was impeccable and i also i really enjoyed when you had floyd at the start and then he gave way to obviously seeing rita and animal properly but i also really liked it because it felt very very 70s like (gasps) it felt a little bit like an abba 
video or something, you know, yeah. where you Donna where Summer. you had the kind of I guess yeah. like the layers of the performers and they were all in shot and in focus. She was wearing a gorgeous gown as well. Yeah, the dress is amazing. Yeah. The, it was all cut out at the back, wasn't it? It was like very And was she wearing a very, very was lovely. she wearing a wig or was that she she was i actually looked <gasps> that up she said she basically when she sang that song she wanted it to be like very like sultry and kind of you know to hit with the lyrics so she just wanted to wear like a wig and wear like the really long red dress yeah. just to like really play it up so yeah she had made that as a choice to wear that when she it's sang it's a great the song. wig it's a very good wig. Her hair looks amazing. I mean, I it doesn't surprise me it's a wig, but I didn't immediately recognise it as a wig. So it's, yeah, I mean, I amazing. only clocked it because it was really cool. substantially different to the hair she'd had for the rest of the episode. But I wouldn't, no, like I mm-hmm. wouldn't have uh, clocked it otherwise. But um, yeah, just, mm. it was just so, it's the kind of sketch that it's so good that you could do it without Muppets. Do you know what I mean? Like that is the kind of gag that you could do. Like it's kind of like a joke you could almost see on like Morecambe and Wise or like even on SNL really. You could, yeah. you know, replace Animal with Kristen Wiig as an over-enthusiastic drummer with whatever musical guest is there. It, it's it's <laughs> such a solid sketch, but the fact that it is Animal and he fits so perfectly and obviously they would have written it around them. It just, it's so good. And oh God, the bit where she goes over and she speaks extensively in... Uh, Spanish. Thank you. <laughs> that is much. <laughs> what on earth? What language did you think she was speaking? I was wondering whether it was going to be Portuguese, but I don't. I don't know. No, no, I'm, Lewis, I'm, no. she's well because. Well, because no, I know because in Brazil they speak Portuguese, yes. but in Argent in Puerto Rico, look, I, I maybe no, don't it's go not. There. No, it's because of my ignorance of geography <laughs> that means I didn't, and also languages. <laughs> <laughs> just my oh my God, do we need so. to go back to the no. conversation sketch do we need to uh... no <laughs> that's not me being racist that's just that's, that's no i'm only teasing stupid. i'm only teasing no she's she's speaking spanish and yeah it's, it's like when she's really yelling at him and i think she plays it really really straight so you know yeah. she's playing it that she's getting this angry and upset that he keeps interrupting her as she's performing and as you said that kind of the yeah. building of her irritation and the sort of crescendoing of him playing the drums louder and her then singing louder to match it it all kind of oh. just adds up to this amazing sketch that quite honestly could exist in any kind of comedy show but i think is just heightened by the fact that it's a muppet and then also i think you the payoff yeah. at the end when she smashes the symbols over his head like <gasps> obviously you couldn't do that or you you couldn't do that with so much effect on a real person so actually i suppose the yeah. final punchline is kind of underlined by the fact that it's a Muppet and particularly Animal because then when he goes like, my kind of woman, like it's just... It's just <laughs> and that's the sexual tension, I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I bet if you asked Rita Moreno now, she'd be like, oh, a, a lady never tells. <laughs> like, it's just... <laughs> I'm if if it didn't happen, I'm gonna start a rumor that it did. And if it's <laughs> and look, Rita Moreno is still like you know working and high kicking and everything. So look, I'm gonna I'm gonna ship it. I'm gonna make it happen. <laughs> Fever was absolutely my highlight, and I loved her dress. It was oh. such a great rendition of the song, but also just the way that it all comes together. Hey, I'm not. I think she got her egot for that. Like that's what she got the egot for was for Fever. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what? Animal should have got one too. <laughs> 
They should have been, they should have been submitted as a pair. Actually, that's what should have happened. Animal was robbed. <laughs> it was, or you know, well, we don't know. We don't know. Um, I think it might be time to move on to our weekly segment of our MVMP, our most valued Muppet performer. Every week we will be watching the episode and deciding who we feel was integral, uh, stood out, was the absolute best part of that particular episode that we have watched. Emma, would you like to go first? Well, this has been quite tricky for me, just because where it's the first episode and I feel like they are kind of like establishing themselves a little bit. And like you say, we haven't kind of delved completely into each Muppet as their full character, but... I think for the fact that it's kind of like running throughout the episode, I think Animal, yeah, purely because of that fantastic bit with Rita during Fever and then the fact that it kind of runs through the episode and I just think it really works with him and it's just really funny because it kind of starts to show the things that we kind of know Animal for. It brings out his like different bits of character and I just think he's involved in, like, basically the best part of the show. So, yeah, I think my most valued Muppet performer for this week is Animal. Very good choice. I, I had a- Animal too, because I also feel like his, you know, his part in the Dancing Muppets was the only part of the Dancing Muppets that I liked. And then, as you say, <laughs> he's sort of, like, the point throughout the entire show that he's basically got like the best bits <laughs> that you really enjoy yes. and also yeah i think as you were speaking Emma, i think you're right in a way i guess you know obviously kermit's kermit it doesn't really change very much but to an extent with the other muppets they're all still kind of finding themselves whereas animal already feels like animal you know there's no mm. there's no kind of sense of like oh maybe animal doesn't want to hit the drums really hard no no <laughs> he wants to hit the drums really hard like you know that playful and maybe slightly sexual nature that he has. <laughs> like, you No, know. it's not even subtext. It's text. It's absolutely text. It's not even trying to... It's not me doing a perverted reading of the Muppets. Like, animal is horny. Like, it, it's a given. He wanted Rita Moreno. And Rita Moreno wanted animal too. I'm just... like. I'm... I will not get, I will die on this hill. I don't want to be uh, struck with any kind of libel cases. So Rita Moreno, <laughs> if you're listening, Lewis will take oh, yeah. it back if needed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, short of making this a clean sweep for Animal, I am actually going to go, despite the fact that I found him incredibly alarming as an entity, I'm going to go for Muppet Man from <laughs> the first sketch from the French Tango. Because... Muppet Man encompassed everything that you want from The Muppet Show. It is a bit weird, it's fun, it's anarchic, but it's also done with immaculate comic and musical timing. So, Muppet Man, and also just the sight of a beautiful Rita Moreno just lobbing this (laughs) Muppet dummy over bars, through holes in the wall, smashing chairs on him. He, He took a pummeling for the sake of entertainment, so... Although I find him very uh, creepy and I would not want to meet him in person, I will choose Muppet Man for my <laughs> most valued Muppet performer. Um, it's now time for us to do our final ranking for the episode. Obviously, it's very hard. We've only just started uh, watching the show. But Jade, if you give us your ranking, for the, the rating for the week. Yeah, this was hard because obviously you've got you've not really got anything to 
compare it to. But I do think this was a, I, you know, I do think overall this was a very, very fun episode. Like mm-hmm. there were certainly plenty of sketches that I did enjoy. There were some that I enjoyed less, but there was a lot there that showed you, mm. you know, one where you kind of know the Muppet show is going in terms of energy and anarchy and just, you know, sheer entertainment value. And also, as we said, right from the beginning, you know, this was just a very, very enjoyable episode with Rita Moreno being amazing from start to finish. So I think I'm going to give it seven flapper jackers. <laughs> because, very good. Yeah, because, I, I, you know, and, and also like... I realise it's not the very first episode that they produced, but being the first episode that a lot of people saw around the world, I think like the introduction of the skits that Swedish Chef was going to do, even seeing those glimpses of Piggy, like it's just very, very fun and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I had fun with it. It was it was cool. How about you, Emma? Yeah, so I'm going to give it seven Dr. Bobs out of ten. Um <laughs> Purely because a bit like you already said, Jade, it's it feels like it's finding its feet. And although there's some good stuff in there, like Fever and like obviously the Dr. Bob sketch, and we're sort of getting to start to know the Muppets, they're not all quite there yet. So I think a seven is quite a fair rating for this particular episode. How about you, Lou? I'm actually going to go a bit higher than you both. I am going to go for eight Rita Moreno berets out of 10. (laughs) I think there's a reason they have now moved this to be the premiere episode. I think it actually, almost every sketch is of a high caliber, apart from maybe one ballroom sketch. And I know we didn't mention it, but the Muppetophone, Muppet, 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 Muppetophone went on a little bit too long. You can keep that in. (laughs) I don't mind because a Muppetophone (laughs) is a bizarre name for something. But I think the the Muppets seem to know who they are. Rita Moreno is so game and so good. And I just think the entire episode, if if I tried to imagine myself coming into watching this show with no knowledge of who the Muppets are. If I came in and watched this 26 minutes of joy, this like well choreographed, well timed, well made piece, I would be hooked. So I'm yeah, I'm going I'm going higher. I feel like we'll probably have episodes that are going to be worse than this. So I'm actually kind of just hedging my bets and just going, Do you know what, I'm going to give it eight Rita Morena berets out of 10 while I look at my beautiful baby blue beret. <laughs> It is now time for us to have a little bit of Muppet philosophy. I believe, Jade, you may have a little piece from us. This is our weekly segment where we take maybe the words of a Muppet or Jim Henson as something maybe we can apply to life, just because life is very bizarre right now. And if life's bizarre, so are the Muppets, so they can help us. Jade? For our opening, I've gone less for a sort of life philosophy and more just for something that I thought kind of spoke to what we're doing with the podcast, Aww. what Muppet Show's doing back on Disney Plus. And hopefully if you're listening to this, something you can kind of find yourself in as well. So this is a quote from Jim Henson, the biography by Brian J. Jones. And it's a quote from Henson himself. And he said, good puppetry has a broad range. It appeals to the children, the squares and sophisticates. So I just felt like, you know, whether you're a child, a square or, or a sophisticate, we're very pleased to have you listening. We uh, we hope you stick with us. Absolutely. Um, which one Which one of which are we? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely a sophisticate, darling, but uh, you can you can be whatever you want. <laughs> I'm being a child I was gonna because say. I'm the youngest. So, so no, that leaves Emma as the square. I'm a square. I think, no, we can have, I think Emma we should, can have two I'm, sophisticates. No, we can't. We have to have a square. That's the whole point. There was three of 
of them. For God's sake, Jade, it's our first episode. <laughs> oh, God. And with that, we need to say thank you so much for listening to Muppetational. Uh, if you've enjoyed the episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review as it really helps spread the word about the podcast. You can follow us on social media. We are at Muppetsational on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. You can contact us at hiho at muppetspodcast.com and you can find out more about us and the podcast at muppetspodcast.com. Uh, from me, Lewis Chandler, I want to say goodbye. From me, Jay Turner, I also want to say goodbye. <laughs> and from me, Emma Chandler, goodbye. We'll come up with a better way of saying goodbye next week. We shall see you next week on Muppet Sational. Bye! Bye! Our theme music is Peppy Pepe by Kevin MacLeod and our artwork is designed by Charlotte Rudge who you can follow at at charlie underscore r underscore rudge on Instagram.